0: Hi everybody, welcome to my podcast. Sins and coffee, this is Frio. It's been a while since we've interacted, but I've missed you guys so much. And of course, like I promised, I need a freaking manual for adulting is airing part two, and part two is airing today. So of course, if you have not listened to part one, head back to my podcast, listening to it so that you can understand what's going on in the part in part two on part one we were covering the how the what's of the adulting manual and now in part two we are covering the hows yeah did i say that correctly yep part one we covered the what and for part two we are covering the how okay but a brief catch up on what happened on adulting manual part one so that we can understand how we are getting to adulting manual part two On adulting manual part 1, we covered the what in the adulting manual, and now we want to cover the how in the adulting manual. If you're floating, you know what to do? Go back to the previous episode. So we questioned our expectations on how we expect adulting to play out, vis-a-vis how it actually plays out. So normally we expect adulthood to be a bed of roses and all, and it turns out, of course, the bed is full of roses, yeah, but the thorns supersede the roses. So you're constantly getting pricked, you, know, you want to turn to the left, you get pricked, you want to turn to the right, you get pricked, when you sleep on your back, it's even worse. And I got three points of convergence based on the received feedback, there are a couple of things that a lot of people are agreeing on. So in spite of the happy faces we see around us, number one, a lot of people are struggling with both personal and professional decisions and choices in their lives this applies to both youth and adults number two a lot of people are still struggling with a compare and contrast syndrome of some sort especially when their peers are getting ahead of them yet they themselves are stuck on the same floor of the never over you know it's like a never-ending elevator in motion but you're just stuck on the same floor and there's no worse demon that can come in your life that teaches you than that demon that teaches you how to, you know, competitively compare yourself to your peers. It's like a personalized DIY on how to dig an early grave because you're constantly comparing what's the other person doing and all that. And the third point that some people are agreeing on is that a lot of youth and adults too do not know how to capitalize on their skills, their passions and hobbies and make a living from it. So I personally feel like I battle point three the most And I'm glad the conversation is going on because I guess I'm going to learn a thing or two from what people were sharing with me. Now, guys, I'm going to ask for a favor. Pardon my voice today because I'm battling some serious call. So if you feel it fading away, just bear with me. That being said, I think it's time for me to head to my favorite segment of my podcast. This is Africa. So what has been happening in the continent? And on a sad note, I want to discuss police brutality. Remember the first ever episode, if you've been listening from the first season, the first ever episode that I discussed on my podcast was concerning SARS in Nigeria. So this was a police force that was meant, you know, to like put people in check and all that. But they ended up hurting the people more than, you know, they are brutalizing people more than they were taking care of the people. And this is something that's been very common in Africa and a lot of people are suffering. So today I want to talk about the law enforcers in Kenya. The motto of the police officers in Kenya says, Utumishi wote. Loosely translated, you know, this is service to all, being, being a servant to the people. But what really happens is that there are lots of killings in the hands of the police, especially, it's, it's not a new concept. But now with a few hours, It's really increasing. The killing spree has increased. It's like it's not a justification for police to either beat you up or fire live bullets at you. From how I see it, it's like an act of malice. And the silence in killings, especially from leaders and also members, no political leaders and members of the National Police Service, shows a problem in the system. A system that is comfortable with rogue police having access to the public in itself is a problem because how would you just keep quiet when the police murder two brothers and try to cover it up and you start acting when you notice the public outcry is too loud so that just means that if there was no public outcry there is a high chance these deaths would have gone just like that no justice would have been served it's very wrong So the problem with police brutality, even what was happening in Nigeria, is that a lot of families lose their loved ones in the hands of the police. And without a public outcry, nobody will help you. Because the same person that is meant to protect you is the person killing you. And that's very, very problematic. So I would love to hear from other countries. What's the state of the police force in your country? Is police brutality rampant and are there any practical reforms on how we can change the system? So on a sad note, that is what has been happening in Africa this week. On Adulting Manual Part 2, it's all about the how. How do you maneuver adulting and find a path for your career and social life? How do you deal with the frustration? How do you take in the constant rejections? I'm really laughing because I think this is one thing I have struggled with. And my goodness, I remember recently my mentor sent me some job to apply for then she sent it and I was like Ivana, no I can't do this I have reached a point where I have phobia <laughs> I literally have phobia of applying for new jobs because it's either silence or rejection so from a sample of conversations and feedback that I got from adulting manual part 1 And I promise, at this point, you will float if you've not listened to Adulting Manual Part 1. A lot of people offered tips on how upcoming progressives can use their wit, their brains, their skills, and their networks to climb up the ladders they desire. So I just selected the top five from what was given to me, and that's what I'm going to share today. So while holding this discussion for today, I really, really appreciate everybody who contributed to the compiling. So a lot of names will be flying everywhere. Just bear with me, and if you hear your name and you didn't expect, forgive me. Number one, how do you maneuver adulting? Forge your own path. So the first thing that somebody would whisper when they hear this statement, forge your own path is, You know, Ryoba, I tried that already. It didn't work. All right. My question will be, so what exactly did you do? At this point, right, this juncture in life, a lot of people are obsessed with the success and not the journey to success. And the journey involves a lot of slips and fails. But finally, you can master the art and begin it. You know, a lot of times we see great lawyers, we see great doctors, we see great psychologists. And if that's our career path, we really desire to be those people. Like, I want to be like, I want to be a good communications person like Ryoba. But you don't know the sweat that she has put in that career for 10, 20 years or or three months, you know. Because people's successes are relative. My success is not going to necessarily be your success. You have your own threshold, I have my own threshold. So, what exactly have you done so far to reach your threshold or to forge your own path? A friend of mine, she really inspires me, her name is Gadoni. So, Gadoni really, really wanted to pursue psychology. And this is a conversation we had back in 2018. By then, she was pursuing law and she wanted to, you know... When she was talking of psychology, she was going to go to the best school. She was going to foot her bills. At the time, she didn't know how, but she knew she was going to do it because that's what she desired to do. And I could see her determination every day, working more than one job, limiting her spending, denying herself a lot of want so that she could prioritize the needs. Now, three years later, she's finally joined. She pays her fees, pays her rent works, goes to school, and goes to one of the best schools in the country, private for that matter. The thing is, she didn't look at the impossibility of her situation or how some parts would have made her journey easier. No, she cultivated on what she wanted. She did not cultivate on the end goal. She cultivated on the process in between that will make her dream to blossom. She cultivated on what she wanted. And now, of course, she's content that whatever she's pursuing, even though it's three, four years down the line, is what she wanted. She's on the right path. So one thing you need to understand is that everybody has a different path. The way Gadoni is meant to be one of the best psychologists in the world is the way you're probably meant to be a doctor or the greatest surgeon in the world or the greatest cook in the world so your path and someone else's path is never gonna be the same don't be too busy trying to copy past someone else's pattern because you don't want to sweat extra for your own path what i mean is even if you're meant to be a doctor even if you have a mentor or a role model doing what they've done step for step might not necessarily bring you to the point at which they are in life but Doing your own thing and learning from them can push you further. Avoid the lazy strategies of just copy pasting everything. Pick your own path, belt up for the bumpy ride, and forge your own path. That's number one. Forging your own path and understanding that the journey to success is not just "Hey, I woke up and I became a millionaire. Unless you're a trust fund baby, work hard. Number two, build on build on your skills you know build on skills that come in handy when it comes you know when it's time to change direction build on those skills from the world go so yesterday night yesterday night yes i was talking to a friend of mine he's a chef from uganda he's called isaac so in his early career or rather before he began his career isaac always knew he was passionate about cooking and in his early career he decided to really really focus on sharpening his cooking skills so he go to class or rather he took his evening classes and then at the same time he volunteered in restaurants just to get experience and in different scenarios the volunteering turned into real jobs now before anybody crucifies me i'm not advocating for free labor but what i want you to know is that You have to find innovative ways to sharpen your skills while doing those other things. So if you're a writer, write, just scribble anything that's on your mind, write it and share it with the world. Let somebody see what you're doing. If you love cooking, cook, share recipes, attend testing events, etc. If you love singing, give us a few covers, just do something that will sharpen your skill. The point is, do whatever you must do to put yourself on the map. You know, the one percentiers, that, that, that slight margin of the Silicon Valley people, of the, you know, the billionaires and trillionaires and whatever's of this world, those that don't come from old money, those ones, the process to success for them began with them exploiting opportunities that would point investors in their direction. So for Isaac, his aim and his words were, I want to be a job creator, not a job seeker. As a result, he's literally never applied for a job. Jobs look for him. What he does is that when he's in that moment where he's been given an opportunity to learn or to work under a chef or something, he gives it his all. He was telling me at that point, nothing else matters but that opportunity. So at this point, when you're building on your skill, is where the principle of the eyesight and mind sight comes into play. So there's a difference when you look at your situation with your eyes and when you look at it with your mind. Because when you look with your eyes, you're looking, you know, when you view with your eyes, you're looking. But when you view with your mind, you're seeing. One is short term, the other is long term. reminds me of a session that was conducted by a very powerful orator called Les Brown. So he talks of a concept of two people that were laid off from work, okay? So you know the way retrenchment is normally done, and then you find like half of the company goes home, and you're like, goodness, this is where I've been for the past 30 years. Where am I going to go? And he talks of two people who are laid off. So one got tired of searching for a job and decided, you know what, I'm going to sit home. I'm going to drink my beer. And I'm going to complain about how life is hard. The other one noticed he wasn't getting new jobs. Either he was overqualified. Either his age was I don't know where. He wasn't conversant with technology. Blah, blah, blah. You know the million reasons that recruiters gave give you just... I'm not going to take that personal. So let me breathe in before I continue with that line. So... When the other one noticed he wasn't getting jobs, he decided to volunteer somewhere just so he couldn't keep idle. So Les Brown says this guy approached a company that he really desired to work for and he told them, you know what? If you're not going to give me work, just let me do something. Don't Don't even bother paying me. I just don't want to stay idle. He wanted to keep his skills in constant motion so that they're constantly sharpened. And when he was there, he gave it his all. So, three, four weeks later, a senior manager retired. Guys, guess who got the job? Guess who got the job? Now, a lot of people at this point are like, yo, Ryoba, motivational speeches are fairy tales. So, let me use a practical example. Recently, I was ranting on my status about how hard it is to learn a job in the UN. Listen, if you're listening and you work with the UN, I want a job with the UN. And a lot of people are like no people rio but just no people you're gonna get it but one lady stood out her name is bernice we were in campus together so Bunny told me one thing yeah stop complaining on your status go out there and volunteer so some spaces that you want to work in already have their own people and unless you show them what they, what you've got as a person you'll keep on asking us what to do so that was bernice giving it to me straight so when we finished campus, apparently Pani's approached the current company that she's working for and offered to volunteer so that she could you know, sharpen her skills. So she volunteered for a while. And while she was doing it, she approached the boys and she was like, listen, I can do one, two, three. I need you to give me a space for me to sharpen those skills. Six months down the line or less than six months down the line, guess who landed the job? burn so sharpen those skills you know do whatever you can do to keep those skills going i'm not asking you to do free labor because that's a conversation that nobody's ready for and nobody will ever agree on but do what you have to do to sharpen your skills while you're sharpening your skills those people who are in charge those people who are monitoring you those people who are looking at you are gonna notice the potential you have do whatever you have to do, use LinkedIn, use events, use the instructions around you and the institutions around you to build you. Sometimes in sharpening those skills, it's about the mind side. It's not about the eyesight. Keep your head down, do what you need to do, but sharpen those skills. Number three, this is where we just have to get rid. No, there's something called trusting the process. I want to tackle trusting the process. So if you're a person who defines trusting the process as sitting on your sofa waiting for things to fall on your plate when you're seated with your, you know, with your legs on your couch or on your table, then there is no such thing as trusting the process for you. What you're doing is wasting time. That's not trusting the process. You do not trust the process by sitting down and waiting for things to fall in place for you. Now, truth be told, this is a conversation we're not ready to have. We have so many lazy people for around us. I, I for one, I am super lazy. I keep telling myself, you need to finish one, two, three. Then I just go like, yeah, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Chief procrastinator right here. My podcast is, or rather was, A Living testimony. I can write or rather I can plan for my script today and then jot down a few points and I'm like, you know, guys, I'm tired. Before I know it, three weeks are gone and I haven't done anything. So there is no way I can say I'm trusting the process that somehow my podcast will be a money-making opportunity for me because while I'm seated, Somebody else is making the boss moves that I need to make. The consistency, the creativity, the authenticity, somebody else is doing it. Now, my point is, if you define trusting the process as sitting down and waiting for things to fall on your plate from heaven, then there is no such thing as trusting the process. There is no such thing as trusting the process for people like that. Number three, finish your tasks. Live up to what you tell yourself you will do. Train your body and your mind to be disciplined enough to finish what you've started because there's a difference with dropping something altogether because you've noticed you can't handle it. And then there's procrastinating and picking it up later. When you're constantly procrastinating, you show the unseriousness in how you take how much you want to move forward. And finishing your tasks goes beyond the tasks you assign yourself in your career. It involves understanding yourself. Who are you? When you ask yourself, who are you? When Gadoni asked herself, who do I want to be? She finished that conversation and that's why she is where she is right now. When Bernice asked herself, where do I want to work three, four years from now? is what made her be where she is today. It starts with the most basic things. Understand yourself. Know what you want. Act on what you want. You want to own a car? Go to driving school. Because of course, only then will you learn, or rather only then will you have this great desire to want to drive your own car. You want to travel the world? Get a passport. You know, the basic things that you need to do, do them to completion evaluate why you failed at something this one is really important but a lot of people are not doing it evaluate why your blog failed evaluate why your podcast started at like a thousand downloads and it's now at 500 downloads what is causing the shift in trajectory from somewhere that you're going really high and now you're dropping evaluate those failures because they will help you to know how you're gonna move finish those tasks as little as they seem finish them and pick yourself up every step of the way sometimes picking yourself up involves dropping something completely and trying something new but you've got to pick yourself up makes me think of my younger brother my younger brother is very passionate about music he's an upcoming musician and sometimes we know how tough it is for musicians to you know rise but he isn't sitting on his bum, bums waiting for, you know, that shiny moment where everybody will discover, oh, la la, this is a gifted dancehall artist in you Kenya. Know, he's always up to something. He's up to meeting producers. He's up to learning from other people. He's up to participating in challenges. And he's up to understanding what type of music does he want to succeed in. You know, he's doing something about it. So... I'm going to tell you point three, how do you handle adulting, trust the process. But if you define trusting the process as waiting for things to fall on your plate, then there's no such thing as trusting the process for you. Number four, remember where you come from, but know when it's time to quit. Now this takes me back to another teaching I was learning from Les Brown. Men, I'm fascinated by motivational speeches nowadays. Or I don't know, I think I'm also motivated by great orators and what they have to say. So, he was talking about a conversation that a lot of people are not ready to have today. You know, how we are living less than the lives we hope to live because we are scared of letting go of opportunities that are wasting us. So, he was saying... You know, the way we say, yeah, I have this job, but it's not fulfilling, but it's not helping me explore my skills, but it's not blah, blah, blah. You know, the list is endless. And he was saying that but is an argumentative phrase that limits just how high we can fly. You know, I know I want to start learning. You know, I want to start my own bakery, but I want to start my clothes selling business, but I want to leave my job. But how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to put food on the table? How am I going to do one, two, three, four? And everything you're arguing for is very realistic and very practical. But that statement, but, does not justify why we can't leave the spaces that don't make us content, that don't make us happy, that don't sustain who we are supposed to be in future. So remember where you come from. Remember where you're going to. But know when it's time to quit. Sometimes you frustrate yourself so much that you're slowly killing yourself. You just wake up because you know what? I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go to work because I need the money. I need the money to pay my rent. Goodness, living in Nairobi is an extreme sport. Of course I need money to pay my rent. And literally, that is me right now. But sometimes you've got to ask yourself. For how long can I survive if I drop this and start venturing into what I really want? And this takes you back to finishing your tasks. If I were to drop it today, how long can I survive, okay? What strategy have I laid down in place that will help me to achieve what I want to achieve in the next two or three months? How consistent am I going to be to be able to achieve it? And what am I going to do? to be able to achieve it, who am I approaching, who am I talking to, and all that. When it's time to quit, it's no time for you to write your resignation letter and drop it and wait for the Lord to send angels to deliver your successful life to you. No. When it's time to quit, it's time for you to even up your game and decide This is the strategy I'm going to use. This is who I'm going to be. This is who I'm going to talk to. And this is what I'm going to do to make sure that in two, three months, I've achieved what I desire. And remember, even after those one or two, three months, it's not a guarantee that you're going to succeed. And it's not a guarantee that you're going to fail. But how will you ever know if you don't take the risk? So my point at this point is how to handle adulting is that you need to remember where you come from remember where you're going to but know when it's time to quit don't just stay in a place because of the fun of it not really the fun of it but because of how convenient it is sometimes convenience can be such an inconvenience yes you're paying your rent but you have to borrow your transport because it's not enough so where's the job security in that and what's more important is your happiness where's the happiness if you're not happy doing what you're doing. Ask for a little support if you have to. Talk to the right people and move. Now, finally, what are those distractions that take a lot of your time? Listen, if you're going to forge your path, if you're going to trust the process, if you're going to finish your tasks, If you're going to remember where you're coming from and knowing when it's time to quit. If you're going to, you know, build your skills. You've got to know and define your distractions. Unless you work on your distractions, they're constantly going to pull you three steps back when you're making two steps forward. And what that generally means is that you're not going to go anywhere. I'm going to start with myself. My first distraction is my phone. My second distraction is my entertainment. I wanna wake up and jump on a movie, you know? And this brings me to the concept of stress relievers. When you're handling adulting, sometimes there's a lot of stress and your stress relievers sometimes can become too much of distractions. For me, number one, if I am stressed, I cannot stay idle because if i stay idle i give my mind the overthinking person that i am i give my mind a lot of time to (gasps) play with me and cook up things that i don't even think i should be thinking of so i opt number one i'm gonna eat i'm a stress eater don't ask me how i've always been 55 kilos all my life i eat when i'm stressed every two seconds i want something in my mouth i do not care if i'm full i want to eat And you know, 90% of the time that I'm taking to eat is time that I'll be taking to strategize on what I want to do. Number two, my phone, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Telegram, Facebook, LinkedIn. You know, especially this thing. You know, there's this little demon that has come up in form of videos. And they will confuse you. They will rattle your mind. All you want to do is scroll, scroll, scroll. So, like, for me, I'm always scrolling food. If I'm not scrolling food, I'm scrolling movies, you know, snippets of movies on TikTok. And you can find it was 7 a.m. when you started. Next time you're looking up, it's 1 p.m. Your day is gone. And you're trying to forge your path and build your skills. And trust the process. And remember when to quit listen, it's not going to happen. What you're doing... Is living in utopia. Because if you're using 90% of your time. On your distractions. When are you working on your strategies? When are you working on the person you want to be? That small. That big dream that you have. Has to have some steps. When are you going to make those steps? If the three steps are used for distractions. And two are used for making steps. You know the mathematics we used to do. Of how one tap is emptying a bowl, and another one is filling it. The time it will take before that bucket fills is a lot of time that you do not have. Be time sensitive. If you're time sensitive, then you're going to work on your distractions. You're going to set times for yourself. You're going to discipline yourself to know that these are the nitty bridges that are making me not to achieve my goal. You're going to work on them. So, Those were the top five things that I have picked on how to handle adulting. I hope those tips are going to be useful for somebody who's looking for a way forward. I think they're some of the most basic. But unless we really internalize them and see how we're going to apply them in our lives, they'll just be statements that people tell us but we do nothing about them ladies and gentlemen you know as i wind up i wish to categorically state that this specific conversation right here why i'm talking about internalization is because this conversation right here was for progressives that are ready to put on the heavy gear and climb the freaking mountain adulting is not easy sometimes unless you come from old money and old connection adulting takes time But it also takes a lot of purpose and determination, that constant need for being better every day, every second without competitively comparing yourself to other people. So if this was for you, internalize, see how it can apply to your life and do it. While that brings us to a conclusion of adulting manual part two, on this season, adulting is a scam. I hope you enjoyed it. And before I tell you see you next time I'm gonna tell you that we are gonna have a guest next week his name is Jade Baba he's one of I'd say he's one of the best Babas in Kenya currently and what's gonna happen is we will be discussing his journey in adulting so probably just probably we may end up treating it as adulting manual part 3 conversations with different creatives. You know, since this is a podcast, for some reason I feel like I want to talk to creatives. People who shape opinions, people who shape trends. Let's see what they've got for us. How did they get to where they are today? What are they doing to make themselves better? So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it's helpful. I hope you internalize on it and one day you'll tell me. Listen, all those people that contributed to this conversation, they changed my life. So see you next time. This is Bar, And of course, this is my podcast, Sins and Coffee. Cheers.